Chapter 9 The Toymaker As we left the cabin, a radiant sky greeted our small troop. Streams of light poured down from above. I puzzled at the mystery of this place. We were still beneath the lake. Where did all this light come from? Our first stop was the workshop. This was by far the largest building in the village. The center of the workshop was more oval than Elway's cabin, but was also covered in the same peculiar bark. Around the sides were more large oval buildings, all with the beautiful green thatched roofs. Icicles hung from the eaves of the building, but without the glow that illuminated Elway's the night before. I anxiously ran ahead and peered into the windows, brushing away the frost that obstructed my view. The windows were large, odd-shaped openings. As I peered in one, the shape of a pear, a bright green light met my eyes, preventing me from seeing what was happening within. I rejoined the group that had now reached the front doors. From the door handles, which curved like the runners of our sleigh, hung bright red bells that announced the entrance of a guest with a joyous sound that could only be described as merry. As the first door opened, beams poured forth, flooding the outside in color. It took a few minutes for my eyes to adjust, but what wonder once they did. Everywhere I looked were elves, many dressed in green, some in red, others in yellow. As I watched, they scurried about, moving from station to station. Some dropped off wood and other material to those making the toys. My curiosity had gotten the best of me, and I found myself approaching an elf who had just received her supplies. She picked up a piece of wood and set it in her hand. A bright green glow formed around the block as it started to float just above her hand. Sparks shot off as it began to spin creating a blurry mass of green light. The elf picked up flakes of color which sat next to her and tossed them into the spinning mass. Slowly, the twirling stopped and upon her hand sat a beautiful alphabet block. Carved into one side was a large letter K and on the other, a cute furry kitten. The block dropped to a table below where it connected with another. Those blocks are going to America, I thought. At some stations, bolts of cloth and cottony stuffing were sitting. The same magic transformation occurred as cloth, cotton, and thread went into the spinning beams. A lovely doll emerged. One of my favorites was a wooden carnival toy. The beaded sticks that hung down from a center pole flew out horizontally like a merry-go-round when the toy was pulled. Elsewhere, marbles rolled and danced out of the magic elf light. Fairies flew into and through the round shape, creating patterns within the glass. As the elves worked, they sang songs of Christmas. One that I remember went something like this. We make our toys for little boys who often bend and break them. But we don't care, they're ours to share, and so we let them take them. Now little girls with little curls are toys they hold in treasure. So daintily, 
we can see they really do bring pleasure. But the toy for girl or boy that's been loved the best is the one that had the fun. It's dirtier than the rest. The combination of light and song, magic and mystery, overwhelmed my senses. My eyes looked this way and that, focusing on everything but where I was going. It was at that moment that I ran into a rather rotund round belly. When I looked up, there stood Santa Claus, appearing as if he had just stepped out of the night before Christmas. My eyes first set upon his thick brown leather belt that latched with a beautiful golden buckle. This held tight his red overcoat, which was lined with soft fur trim around the base and sleeves. Embarrassed, I looked down towards the ground. Well-worn brown leather boots adorned his feet, each with a matching golden buckle. The top of the boot folded over at the point it met his tattered red trousers. Slowly, I looked up. Golden buttons, each engraved with an intricate snowflake, fastened his jacket and created a path to his billowy white beard. His face, very much elf-like in appearance, had a round button nose that turned up slightly. His cheeks were soft and pink. His glasses sat perched upon his head as he looked down at me with those deep brown eyes. It was hard to believe that this was the same gentle woodsman I had just met. Well, young Nicholas, so nice to run into you again," Santa said with a deep, rumbling chuckle. I searched for something to say, stumbling and starting several times. Well, I must be off to work," Santa shared. "You are in good hands here. I hope you enjoy your tour." As he walked away, I finally blurted, "Thank you, for the top." Saint Nicholas stopped and slowly turned around. Walking back towards me, he knelt down. "You are welcome, Nicholas," the old man whispered. "I only wish I could have given you the gift of more time with your parents. Would you like to meet the elf who made that top?" I could hardly contain my excitement. Following this morning's memory, I had thought of the top often. It had become my favorite toy growing up, and now I knew why. It was perhaps the last memory I had of being safe with my parents. The last time my life was truly whole. I would love to, I burst. Then come this way, replied Santa. Christmas is only days away. We have much to do, but this is far too important. You, of course, are on his wall, Nicholas," Santa continued. "But this will be the first time that a child who was touched by an elf's toy will be able to touch the elf in person." So I was the first child here in the workshop. At my early age. It was difficult to appreciate how special this was. Your top was one of the first toys Finway made, Santa explained. He had just been promoted from apprentice elf. Elway had selected him personally to make your toy. 
I hoped Finway would be just like Elway. Finway, as you will see, is a very unique elf, full of magic and mischief, Saint Nick finished with a wink. We walked across the room and back to a corner where a bright green light blazed. The elf that was working there was singing a song I had never heard. Christmas, Christmas, how glad I am you're here. Well, I ain't had a chicken dinner for this whole round year. Shiny bones and naked bones gleaming from around my plate. That's all the pickings I have left from all the bird I ate. So pass me that chicken, the turkey, duck, and the goose. We'll all have you birds going to be one-legged when I turn you loose. Santa leaned down to me. This is Finway. Your top maker, and our mischievous troublemaker, he said. He seems to have found a new song from America called the Christmas Blues. He hasn't stopped singing it since he heard it. Santa tapped the slender elf on his shoulder. Excuse me, Finway. Could we interrupt your song? There's someone here who would like to meet you. As Finway turned around, it was clear to see what Santa meant. If Elway's hair was unkempt, Finway's was wild. His eyes had a sparkle of magic that danced like the playful lights in the cabin the night before. His grin, slightly crooked on one side, was wide for one so small. He was dressed in a deep green jacket, the color of the forest. He took one look at my grandfather and me, flipped head first off his chair, and landed on his feet with his arms spread from his sprightly elf. A song burst forth. Hey, my little topper, never thought we'd meet you so full of questions hardly in your seat. You're a lot like Finway, itching for some fun. Your eyes has told me that you got him on the run. Keep him on his toes, young lad, never let him rest. For you know he's special, he really is the best. I can't believe you made it. Can I take a break? Please, please, old Santa, it's for Nicholas' sake. And with that last line, he slid across the floor on his knees in front of Santa, who by now was laughing and holding on to his protruding belly. Finway, he said, you can make me laugh just by sitting there. Of course you can take a break. We still have much to do, but Nicholas needs you more than I do. Just be careful, be wise, and remember, do not share our secret, at least not yet.